welcome to the Daily Roto Podcast. And guys, what a night, what a day of Daily Fantasy Baseball action. As we had a small slate with a couple games in the afternoon, a couple games in the evening, and you like me... I don't know. I took it a little easier today. I played a 50-50 contest uh, this afternoon, and tonight I got a 50-50 in a tournament contest going at it. And uh, right now, one today, and now I'm sitting here, and I've got Bannison Baumgardner in the chamber, and I think I'm going to do okay. Definitely looking like I'll secure my 50-50 in the tournament. We'll... Uh, all depend on a, a big, big outfit uh, for Madison Baumgartner tonight. And we got a great show lined up for everybody. Of course, you can go over to DailyRoto.com right now, and they've got a couple things going on, but the big thing I want to let everybody know is they've got a, a ProDraftLeague.com free roll only for DailyRoto.com members. Uh, so you can go over there and get that information in the forum. And there's also a thing over there that they'll just give you 5 bucks for nothing. So basically, you can go and play there for nothing. Most sites, you get you know someone will match your deposit, and then you get a buck at a time. They're just gonna give you five bucks for nothing. If it's free, it's for me. It's the way I go about it. I think you should too. So definitely jump on that and take that. We got a great show lined up for people. We're gonna break down Friday's action, and I got a guy that some of you guys might have heard of, some of you guys might have, but we'll change that. Everybody will hear of him after this. It's Steve Young from RotoGrinders.com. Stevie TPFL. That's the guy right here. Steve, how are we doing? Doing good, man. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing all right. Now, it's interesting when you have in baseball uh, the amount of games uh, today. Now, you play a lot of volume. Uh, when you see uh, the afternoon games and the night games and not a lot here, how do you handle that? Like, do you go with your full allotment of uh, of your bankroll? Do you slim it down? How do you go about it? Um, I'm not going to really touch the two-game early slate tomorrow. Uh, just not enough value in that two-game slate that I'll touch any of it. But I'll play a full slate of my action tomorrow night for the late slate. Yeah, how about on Thursday? How did you go about it? Oh, I played the same thing. I didn't play the two-game slate this morning, but I played some tournament lineups. Didn't play any cash games. I couldn't really make a cash game lineup that I liked. So I stacked some teams against Bumgardner and stacked some teams against Hamill and actually had some floor as when he hit the home run, I was kind of top of the leaderboard. There you go. Absolutely get it done. Uh, Stevie is a guy that uh, has had some success in some tournaments. I recently ran into Stevie at the Fantasy Aces Basketball Championship where he finished third place. Steve, can you tell us about some of the finals you made and, and your experience out at the Fantasy Aces Basketball Championship? Oh, the Fantasy Aces Basketball Championship was fantastic. Um, as you saw, we had a great time. And um, finally got to bring home one of those big checks, so I'm excited <laughs> about that. Um, the Star Street final last year um, qualified for that as well and made a late lineup change. And I told myself I wasn't going to do that this time because last time it cost me 40000 so I pretty much set my lineup in the morning, and none of the news came out that affected me. So I cha- didn't change my lineup. And Montana scoring a couple extra points would have been nice for second place and twenty thousand instead of ten thousand. But hey, can't complain too much about ten grand and an awesome trip to California. A awesome trip to California, absolutely. So I got to ask you: we got NBA playoffs coming up, and we had a little internal debate uh, over at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio about the coverage and how many people are participating. Now I played basketball all year, and I will play 
uh, in the playoffs for the first round or so at least uh, because you have the games in there. They go seven or eight deep in rotation. What are you going to do with uh, baseball play- Baseball going on in the NBA playoffs? How will you handle it? Well, baseball is going to be my main focus. Baseball is paying the bills right now for me, so it's definitely going to be my main focus for right now. But I think I'll dabble in some of this basketball stuff because basketball, for the most part, when we know who's playing and stuff like that, you can really predict it well and have really good success. So for the playoffs, you can do a lot of the predicting and you know have a huge edge compared to having injury news five minutes before lock, and you'll actually – have everything pretty much in front of you all day long, and you'll know who's playing and what kind of matchups to have. And now we're going to break down the world of Friday afternoon, Friday night, a daily fantasy action. Uh, the opening game we have, of course, San Diego Chicago Cubs, James Shields and Jason Hamill, and, of course, we have no uh, total the day before because we have to always wait for Chicago with the weather and them checking out the wind. There is going to be a chance of rain here, so you'll have to worry about that. I look at the Chicago Cubs lineup, and it's interesting because I think when you look at the slate and hole, Shields is a guy that could have some strikeout opportunities here. But being in the afternoon, I, like you, probably won't be attacking that one. But I think Shields come to the equation if you're going to play in an all-day slate. Yeah, I definitely like that. I think what we're looking at in this early slate, if you do end up playing it, is you're looking at three aces and a fourth guy that is, you know, just as well off as an aces, depending on which team he's playing for. But if I had to target this slate, Shields would definitely be the guy that I'm going to go with in, like, a cash game format. And even in tournaments, him and Price with their upsides, I think both of those guys would be in play for me. Now, if you're playing in two-pitcher leagues, I've got to ask you about this guy because I used him last time out, and people were wondering why, and that was Jimmy Nelson against the Pittsburgh Pirates and Jeff Locke, a Pittsburgh 122 favorite. The reason I used Nelson last time was that it was a two-pitcher league. He was cheap, and the Pirates at the time were leading uh, Major League Baseball in strikeouts. Uh, there's still a team striking out, and they get to pitch right now in a pitcher-friendly ballpark in Pittsburgh, but the total is an eight here, uh, and I have a full slate of games here. I'm not in love with Nelson in this one. Carlos Gomez looks doubtful. Uh, Locke, a guy that actually didn't pitch that well in spring training, but pitched well in the first start. Uh, when you're looking at Jeff Locke and you look at the Milwaukee Brewers situation, a uh, left-handed is going to absolutely turn around Adam Lind. Uh, Gomez is out of the uh, problem, and Ryan Braun isn't the guy that we thought he was. Probably looking at some of the cheaper guys in this one, a guy like uh, maybe a Ramos Ramirez is the only com- guy that comes to play from Milwaukee. Yeah, I like Ramirez in this game a lot, uh, looking at his numbers, looking at his ISO and his weight on base. The ballpark isn't ideal for any type of hitter, but I think Ramirez is in play. I think if you want to go cheap in the outfield, I think Chris Davis, I think he's only in play against lefties, so I don't mind him. Yep. Locke Lock is more of a ground ball guy, so I'm not going to be targeting too many of these hitters. And like you said, with Ryan Braun, Ramirez is going to kind of be his protection tomorrow with no Gomez and Lynn getting switched around. Um, I'm not going to be heavy on Braun. I think if you want to roll him out there in a tournament lineup or two, I think it makes for a decent play because he is facing a lefty. He does have elite stats against left-handed pitching. But, you know, for the most part, I'm not too high on these Milwaukee bats right now. They're really struggling to start the season off. Uh, and, and I agree. And the Pittsburgh side of things against Nelson, who uh, pounded him with nine strikeouts last time, 
I don't see a lot that I love here. McCutcheon's too much of a uh, price tag. Uh, when I have a full slate of games, I can go elsewhere on this. And nobody uh, from a price narrative uh, is jumping out at me from Pittsburgh against Nelson. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. I'm not really high on any of these Pittsburgh bats. The one guy, if I really had to take anybody, because not really loving a lot at second base, but I think Neil Walker could be an interesting tournament play, but I wouldn't use him for cash games tomorrow. Then you go down to Philadelphia, Washington, and I think that uh, last time out I said, I really don't know how you can play any other pitcher other than Max Scherzer. He goes against Philadelphia. He's a $251 favorite. <laughs> We've got a seven total here. What do you do in this situation? I mean, this looks like it's so good, but you know he, he's got to be owned highly in this one. He's got a big price tag. What does Stevie do here with this Max Scherzer situation? For cash games, I think it's pretty simple for me. If Scherzer is cheaper than Kershaw, I'm going Scherzer um, 100% in cash games tomorrow. I think he's very safe. Um, I think Kershaw's in a good spot. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But I think for me, with the run support that the Nationals should give Scherzer in this matchup against Sean O'Sullivan, I don't see a reason not to take Max in cash teams tonight. I think his upside is just tremendous. I think his floor is safest, pretty much almost, I think, safer. I can't say safer than Kershaw. He's the best pitcher in baseball, but... If I had to put a price tag on him, I think they would be really close to a 1A, 1B situation tonight. It's Tony Sakata, Steve Young from RotoGrinders.com. Breaking down Friday's action when it comes to daily fantasy baseball. Make sure you go to DailyRoto.com and get in the ProDraftLeague.com's free roll tomorrow. I tell you all the time, you guys complain about Obama. He can't complain unless you go and get your five bucks for free. Then you can go back to complain and get on Twitter and say whatever you got to say. But we get, I mean, things aren't bad. You get five bucks for nothing, turn five bucks into 20 bucks, and then 20 bucks into a case of beer, and your weekend's all set. What can be better than yep. that? I, I look at it at Washington against Sean O'Sullivan. The Washington bats are interesting because I played Hamels tonight. Uh, he did not come through. I look at this Washington lineup, and it got a little better with Jason Worth coming back. Still some bats missing there. They put Michael Taylor at the uh, uh, dead nine spot. He came through with a home run. What's your thoughts on Washington? There's got to be a couple plays in here against Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, Bryce Harper is one of my favorite plays tomorrow. Sean O'Sullivan. We haven't seen him a lot in the league since 2011. He hasn't logged a lot of innings since 2011. But looking at his career, looking at his stats, there's one thing we've known. He's not a really good pitcher. Uh, 371 weighted on base and 124 career innings against left-handed batters. So I think he could really target Bryce Harper in this matchup. He's not trying to do too much at the plate right now. He looks a little bit more comfortable at the plate. So I think... Bryce Harper is one of my top guys in the outfield tomorrow, tonight, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, I definitely agree with you. He's going to be a guy uh, you throw out there. Uh, Miami in the New York Metropolitans. They went at tonight's seven and a half total here. For Miami, David Phelps draws a start against Bartolo Colon. I don't see either pitcher going at it in anybody's uh, daily fantasy lineup. Colon, a 137 favorite. Uh, tonight, you know, I got a home run out of a Miami guy. It wasn't Gene Carlos Stanton. I had Martin Prado, who has to be the uh, the guy hitting fourth in all of Major League Baseball, the least likely to hit a home run. Uh, but his price was right. <laughs> his price was right tonight. He went up. But Cologne does a good job. Uh, from an offensive perspective, I'm probably staying away from this game. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with you for the most part. I think you can target some of these Marlin guys. Um, Phelps, we saw last year 356 weighted on base against right-handed hitters. So I think some of these big-time Marlin, I mean, um, Mets bats, um, David Wright won't be in the lineup, of course, but like Michael Kadire, a uh, guy that just continues to be consistent, I think he's definitely in play. But looking at the Cologne side of things, you know, he wasn't great against righties last season either. So if you want to load up Stanton or Morris maybe in a tournament kind of format, I think that they make for interesting plays. You know, Stanton gets rolling. We see him at a home run tonight. If he gets rolling, it's definitely something to pay attention to. Yeah, and a lot of people, and I talked about this on the show uh, on SiriusXM, is that basically what happened is I was watching Harold Reynolds the other night, and I think they do a great job at MLB uh, Channel, and he said that G and Kyle Stanton, a lot of people were looking at the mask as the problem there. And he went back and he, he reviewed Stanton at, at bat, and he showed the clips, and Stanton was a lot closer to the plate this year. And everybody thought it would be the opposite because of his uh, being hit in the head. So he took the mask off, and he actually moved back in the box, Basically, Harold Reynolds showed he was jamming himself before, and now he's made a correction. And two out of three games since the correction, he's taken off. Yeah, and, and being a pro and you know making corrections as part of the baseball season, it's 162 games long. It's long season, so making corrections is something these guys do throughout the season. So our job is to pay attention to these kind of things and look at what Stanton's done over the last couple of games. He's absolutely knocking it out of the park. And Lucas Stewart is interesting. He's become all of a sudden, quietly, one of the guys you have to pay attention to at first base uh, in this game. He could be a guy here. I played him tonight. Actually, I went with the top three Mets hitters uh, in that batting order. I thought uh, Travis Snow is still a little underpriced uh, in the uh, Daily Fantasy community. He didn't deliver tonight. But what about Lucas Duda? He's become solid as anyone at first base. Yeah, he's hot. Three hot games in a row. Um Great great numbers against right-handed hitters last year, 264 ISO. So a guy that you definitely yeah, – I think the way he's hitting the ball right now, he's been playing all formats if his price is still down. Um, has yet to look at pricing too much. But I think if his price is right, I think he could be a decent cash game option tomorrow. Um, for the most part, I'll probably roll him in tournaments. But I think the matchup is right for him that he's definitely in play. Johnny Cueto, Michael Awaka go at it in St. Louis, Cincinnati at St. Louis, six and a half total as we expect a pitcher's duel. A 120 favorite is Johnny Cueto. Now, Walker is a guy that I was paying attention to in spring training because last year he had some shoulder fatigue in the second half, and all everything said this guy's passed it. He went out, pitched well the first game, but lacked the strikeouts. Johnny Cueto has been getting it done uh, consistently but against the St. Louis team, there's not a lot of strikeouts in this batting order. Yeah, I definitely agree with you 100% in that. If you're pulling up the numbers and you're looking, there's not but maybe one or two guys in the Cardinals that struck out over a 20% rate against righties last season. So I think Cueto, I just don't see the reason to pay up for him in cash games. Even on two-pitcher sites, I don't see the need to pay up for him tomorrow in cash games. But I think if you want a guy that – you know, has major potential and has a lot of upside in tournaments that I don't think will be highly owned tomorrow. I think he's definitely in play for that kind of reason. 
Then you look at it from uh, the Cincinnati side against Waka. Uh, Jay Bruce came in with a price tag that I thought was pretty good, and it hasn't risen up considerably. Depending on the site you play at, he could be a guy uh, that you go with. But in St. Louis there, I probably could find some cheaper options. And Joey Voto continues to be one of the guys uh, that's just absolutely uh, on a tear. How do you feel about that? Now, are you the type of guy that will uh, pay up when a guy's on like a six-game hit streak, or you say, hey, I already missed the six games. He's got to cool down. I'm going to lay off him and go with someone else. Does past uh, experience in the last week, hot streaks, have any indicator as far as your selections? I think it's something to pay attention to because baseball is a game of hot and cold streaks, but I like playing these guys until their price gets too high. I think on some of the sites, his price is definitely too high for me right now. Uh, I liked him for the last couple of days where his price was still down and sites were adjusting to, you know, get his price right. And he had multi-hit games and back-to-back games, uh, like multi-hit games in three out of four or something like that. But now his price is to the point where I think he's a little too much. Um, if I'm looking at prices and I'm comparing, I think Dudo would still be cheaper than Votto and I would probably lean a little bit more towards Lucas than I would with Joey. Uh, I absolutely agree there. Now, this is going to be a big game here. Uh, Kyle Kendrick, Clayton Kershaw go at it. Six and a half total, 278 uh, favorite here. I think what people have to realize is Colorado, for one, you take them out of Colorado, and they're not quite the hitting team. But I think it's actually overrated how poor they are this year because I think a lot of those bats are good. But what you don't realize is, a majority of them left-handed, and they get Clayton Kershaw. Troy Tulowitzki, Nolan Arenado are the right-handed sticks. The left-handed sticks would be Charlie Blackman, who will probably not play. You'll probably see Daniel Stubbs or Willen Rosario in the outfield. Or Willen Rosario will be in for Justin Morneau at first base. Uh, and then you have uh, basically Cago and Charlie Blackman trying to go at it against the lefty Kershaw. Yeah, like you said, this lineup, you know, for the most part, besides Arenado is really right-handed or left-handed majority power. Um, Kershaw, since 2013, 216 weighted on base against lefties, 237 against righties. This guy is no joke. He's You can hype him as much as you want because he is, I feel like he's still the best pitcher in baseball. Hasn't had a great start to this season. Um, but if we look at the matchups, we look at Arizona, um, gave up 10 hits to Arizona, a lot of right-handed bats that hit lefties well in that lineup. Um, and then looking at San Diego, same thing. You got Upton, you got Kemp, you got guys that came over to San Diego that hit lefties. So I think this is the matchup that I'm hoping Kershaw is going to be a little under on after his first two starts and his price tag, but I doubt it. This guy is going to dominate this team. Should get plenty of run support with Kyle Kendrick on the bump on the other side of the field. And the Dodgers – should be able to give him plenty of run support. I think pitching will lead. I think Kershaw, like I said, him and Max, 1A, 1B for me tomorrow. All right, so I'm going to ask a tough question. Uh, I, I, too, don't have these, all these sites memorized as far as price tag. So there's a chance that Clayton Kershaw could have dropped a little bit on based on his first performance. But for the sake of this argument, Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw, same price tomorrow night. Which one are you going with? Kershaw. Yeah, I just I'm gonna pay for the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, like I said, I, he should be pitching with he should be pitching with a good amount of run support with Kyle Kendrick facing the Dodgers. I would go Scherzer myself, but based on what happened the first two starts, if Kershaw drops underneath Scherzer price tag wise, 
That's going to be the difference maker for me. I'll just go Kershaw. Like, it's not that much. Like, I, I, it's a flip of a coin for me. But if I'm going to save even two or 300 bucks, that'll make me go to Kershaw. Yeah, looking at looking at Fandle, uh, Kershaw's 11-8, and Max Scherzer is 11. That $800 hmm. difference for me is not enough where I'm not going to pay for Kershaw and cash teams tomorrow. I will have him in my Fandle cash lineup tomorrow. There you have it. Uh, you guys can chime in at dailyroto.com. Make sure you head up to the, uh, you know, all the message boards and let me know. Which guy are you going with? Kershaw, Scherzer, are you going there? Or are you going to be one of them, those guys, you know, flying under the radar and, and sticking a little James Shields there so he can be on top of the leaderboard, you know, early in the day? You ever be, you ever see one of those guys, Steve, you ever do that? You want to play all the guys in the early game so you can look at yourself on the leaderboard? <laughs> I think there's a guy in basketball on FanDuel all season. <laughs> Every night, this guy was at the top of the leaderboard for the first, like, hour and a half, and then we never seen him at the top. And he would hit it every once in a while, but every night you would see him at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Arizona and San Francisco going at it. Josh Kalmunter, Jake Peavy, who's been dealing with some injuries. Uh, seven total in this one. San Francisco, of course, great pitchers ballpark. Uh, you look at it, of course, Paul Goldsmith's a guy that's going to come into play, but he, I say this all the time, when I have the whole league to choose from, and I have a lot of great first basemen, as good as Goldsmith looks with this total in this ballpark, I'm probably not going there. Yeah, it's going to be tough for me. Um, his price tag is really up there across the industry. And um, I'm not saying that he's not worth the price tag, but you're going to have to really fit in some really cheap guys to be able to fit him in a top pitcher. And so I don't see necessarily the reason to pay for, you know, a Goldschmidt when you can have maybe a guy like David Ortiz against Jimenez at Fenway. So, you know, just for, you know, quick reference, I just, I like Goldschmidt. I think he's in a good matchup. I just don't know if I can pay the price tag. Or looking at the same game, you can look to a guy like David Peralta and Jake Lamb. These two guys are super cheap still across the industry. Um, two left-handed bats that hit righties well, and Peavy. Look at his numbers over the last couple seasons. He's a guy that you can definitely target with left-handed bats. You know, since 2013 with a 3.27 weighted on base. All right, here we go. You got to ask the question. People yell of young players when it comes to fantasy baseball, especially the season league, uh, season-long guys that come over and try daily fantasy. So, Yasmani Tomas gets his first start tomorrow night, and he's a cheap salary. Are you firing him in your lineup? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can against a guy like, you know, PV that doesn't have a great ground ball rate, does have a decent fly ball to home run rate. But a guy like Tomas, I think you can play him if he's cheap enough. Um, that's going to be the deciding factor for me is price. Uh, if you're looking on a site like Fandoli's minimum price at third base, I think that's a decent option for sure. There you go, guys. You probably will not hear his name on this podcast for a long time, but I got it in for you, all you guys <laughs> that are coming over, and you like these young guys that you've never seen play. You would never even, when you're in Walmart, you would never notice them looking through the bagels. Absolutely not. How many major league <laughs> baseball players do you think go to Walmart? Oh, I'm sure a lot of them do. They'll wear like a kind of hat kind of thing where nobody can recognize them and they'll just go and get their stuff they need to get it, get out. It would be a good debate to see, like, if we could get Major League Baseball players to tell us if they, like, go to Walmart or Target, I think that would be fun. 
Oh, we just got a breaking news. Uh, Chris Bryant will be called up for the game tomorrow by the Chicago Cubs. We just talked about Yasmani Tomas. Are you going to use Chris Bryant tomorrow? Well, I am so glad that it is the early slate that I won't be playing. And I am so glad a lot of the sites don't have him in the roster pool. But I am so excited to see what his price is on Saturday and see how many people use him. Yeah, I, I am too, because if it's, a, if it's a low salary, everyone's going to have him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. So Chris Bryant will be in the lineup for the Chicago Cubs uh, tomorrow afternoon. So it'll be a game I guess we'll all be watching tomorrow to watch this kid in his major league uh, debut getting it done. And this is the craziest thing. David Price goes against the Chicago White Sox, and he's the third favorite on the board when you have Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer go at it. This is a great matchup and a great pitcher's ballpark for David Price. But when you put him in the realm with the other guys, I guess unless you're getting a discount, I don't know how you go here. I'm going to turn around, though. DraftKings. Do you ever go and say, hey, I can find enough cheap hitters. Let me throw David Price and Clayton Kershaw or David Price and Max Scherzer. Have you ever attacked it that way? Oh, all the time. I, I try to get two stuns in all the time to see what the lineup looks like, and I'll adjust the lineup and see if I can make it work. But for the most part, it's really tough to get two of the top pitchers in and have a decent lineup. But I think at the beginning of the season, it's usually the easiest to do because they're still really trying to adjust the prices on these guys where on a site like DraftKings, the pricing has been moving a lot, and we've seen it move a lot. And um, I think they're doing a good job of just, uh, you know, Early in the season, there is some guys that, you know, everybody's going to miss, so it is a little easier to make it work. And you look at it from an offensive perspective, uh, Samaja and Price in a great pitcher's ballpark, probably going to pass on this one from an offensive perspective, unless it's one or two guys that are in the lineup that are uh, on the site you're playing uh, that are underpriced. So it would come down to some uh, site, I guess, irregularity to get someone in the lineup from this game. Yep. I agree. I just think this is a good slate just to sit back and watch on TV and not have too much action. In. One of the games with the highest total of the night, Baltimore and Boston, a nine total at Fenway Park. Ybaldo Jimenez, Joe Kelly, the Boston Red Sox have put up runs consistently. So have the Baltimore Orioles. Joe Kelly and Ybaldo Jimenez have had great first starts, but bottom line is the Ybaldo Jimenez and Joe Kelly. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, you got two, you got two mediocre pitchers at Fenway. Um, I'm a huge Red Sox fan, so I love watching my Sox, and I'm really gonna like watching David Ortiz belt a home run against Jimenez tomorrow night. Now, David Ortiz definitely will become a, a big play uh, in that one. Hanley Ramirez will be a guy that uh, people will be looking at for sure. Uh, from the Baltimore side of things, Andrew Jones is a guy that it goes against left-handed and absolutely nails it. But you look at it from a consistency from the Orioles side of things, there's no one there. Steve Pierce had a couple home runs. He's gone cold. Uh, you see Chris Davis struggling at 178, I believe, on the season. And he's a guy that can go deep. So what do you do? Do you play a lottery ticket against Kelly and try to go with one of these big Baltimore bats? Yeah, I like the lefties at Fenway. I always like to target left-handed hitters at Fenway. That's short porch and right field. Against the, against pitchers that are mediocre, kind of like Joe Kelly, I think Chris Davis is in play. If we look at his numbers since 2013, he has a 314 ISO, and that just means that this guy has a ton of power. He gets a nice park factor, you know, bump 
being a Fenway. I think Chris Davis is in play, and I really like the sites like DraftKings where you can play like an Ortiz at first and then slide Chris Davis in at third and have both of these big lefties with a lot of home runs potential for tournaments tomorrow. Now, the Red Sox have been getting Brock Holt in the lineup lately with the Pablo Sandoval injury. Xander Bogart's had a back issue before that. He's going to play some field. And when he's cheap, he's a guy that just fits right in that Boston Red Sox lineup. In fact, the people in Boston are wondering why we needed to sign Pablo Sandoval based on what Brock Holt did last year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think Sandoval was a good signing, but I think we should have found a place for Holt in the lineup. But with that said, with Sandoval kind of, you know, dealing with an injury and Holt playing, this guy is cheap. He's a guy that does a lot of, you know, he gets on base a lot. So this guy is definitely in play for gas games if he's in the lineup and he's towards the top tomorrow. Archie Bradley, uh, not knowing, uh, I could be rubbing in wounds here if he woke up, uh, you know, and he's had Archie Bradley and it didn't go well. So I'm taking a chance here and pissing people off already. Uh, Archie Bradley was a guy that I thought, there was so much talk about today based on his one big start. He has let up a run in the first inning against San Francisco. Uh, we're watching this game, one nothing in this contest. I was amazed at how many people were all over Archie Bradley tonight. I think the lack of pitching had a lot to do with that tonight. There wasn't, like, a clear cut. I, you know, I guess you can say Bumgarner, but, you know, lefties against Arizona is tough, so I can understand why people were off of him. Personally, I was on Chris Archer, so I'm already in the bank with a, a really good start out of Chris Archer. So um, I'm sitting, I'm sitting happy right now. Uh, I'm uh, kind of nervous I, I got, against Toronto, but I'm happy. I got a great tweet tonight. It's funny, and great and tweets don't usually go together. Uh, a guy had tweeted me during the day. It says, uh, uh, "Tony, should I sit Chris Archer tonight in my season-long league against uh, Toronto?" I said, "No, you, you never sit uh, good quality pitches against anyone. You put them out there all 32 starts." And he tweeted back and goes, "Tony, that's why you're the expert. And I'm the chump, right?" I said, "Don't be so hot on yourself, my man. Don't be so hot on yourself." <laughs> but Archer, just because really... they're good on paper doesn't mean they're always good. You know? Yeah. In fact, in fact, we all know that Hall of Famers are not good 70% of the time. Exactly. That's baseball. You only got to be yeah. good 30% of the time to make the Hall of Fame. That's it. New York Yankees and Tampa go at it. Adam Warren getting the start for the Yankees. Nathan Carnes uh, getting the start. So my guy, Nando DeFino, uh, texted me the first game that Nathan Carnes was playing. He says, hey, I'm going to play this Nathan Carnes. Uh, he, he's got a good minor league record. And I said, yeah, here's the problem. He does, and he's a strikeout pitcher. But most of those were in relief. And so I didn't go on the first game. The second game he pitched well. Now he's got an opportunity against the Yankees team struggling offensively. They moved to a pitcher's ballpark in Tampa. If you're at a two-pitcher site, does Carnes or Warren, who also has a, a history in the bullpen, uh, have any track record for you in a possible night when we have all these studs pitching as a cheap option in two-pitcher sites? Um, it's tough with a lot of the studs going. I, I see yeah. the upside for a guy like Carnes. Um, the thing that worries me, Early in the season, we get guys that are used to being in the bullpen. Pitch count definitely worries me. Um, going deep into games worried me as well. I think we've seen Carnes five innings and two-thirds in his first start, seven against Miami. But a team like Miami that strikes out and free swings a lot. So I, I could see starting him against Miami. I can see starting him against New York as a tournament option. I don't see the reason to play him in cash with so many studs on the board tomorrow. Um I might actually go to this game. I'm trying to get tickets. I'll be down in Tampa tomorrow. So I might go to this game. So I'll, I'll get back to you on how both of these guys look tomorrow night. 
You know what's crazy about that is that uh, I live in Jacksonville, so I'm about two hours away, and I grew up in Boston, so I'm a Red Sox fan. And you go down there, and I actually went to the seventh game uh, for Tampa to get to the World Series against the Red Sox. They beat them uh, there. It's amazing how many Yankees and Red Sox fans that go to these games, and it's hard to get tickets those nights. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I'll go to the game tomorrow and wear a Red Sox jersey with Tampa playing in New York. <laughs> You're a big dude, though. You you can get away with that. Yeah, I don't think too many people are going to mess with me. <laughs> Cleveland and Minnesota, uh, seven and a half total in this one. Heck, we talked about all these great, great guys going, and Corey Kluber is like the fifth guy on the list. Uh, Kluber, a guy that automatically can put you up double-digit uh, strikeouts. He's going in Minnesota, great pitches ballpark. And Cleveland gets Mike Pelfrey, who I can't believe still is employed by Major League Baseball. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these guys, like we saw Ramirez pitch yesterday, and we're like, how is this guy still pitching in the majors? But a guy like Pelfrey, 388 weighted on base in 73 innings since 2013 against lefties. Load up all these left-handed Cleveland bats. Load up Kluber. He's going to strike out so many of these guys. I think the only guy that he probably won't strike out tomorrow is Maurer, but besides that, I think probably six or seven of these guys in the starting lineup tomorrow have over a 20% strikeout rate since 2013 against righties. Yeah, this is amazing. All those guys we talked about, if there's a significant price difference, uh, I could definitely see going uh, with Kluber in this matchup, so it'll be interesting. I'm surprised, though. I always get worried about this. How often do you use the Las Vegas line when you go and decide uh, on your pitchers? Because I'm, I'm actually amazed, I guess because it's a road game, so that makes sense, why he's not as much of a favorite as we see some of these other guys. Um, I, the first thing I look at in the mornings is looking at the Vegas odds and getting a good idea of what to look at. But I wouldn't be shocked if we see him become a bigger favorite as the day goes on tomorrow. There you go. He got it lined up. Stevie Young from com, of course. A uh, guy that's had continued success in the daily fantasy industry, uh, getting it done in Major League Baseball season. Here, sharing us his expertise on the Daily Roto podcast. We have Oakland and Kansas City, Sonny Gray against Jeremy Guthrie. Now, Jeremy Guthrie's a guy in the past that absolutely got crushed by left-handers. But Kansas City's such a good ballpark uh, for pitchers. Uh, not a lot of big offense there, thus the 7.5 total. Yeah, I think you can definitely target the lefties in this game, though. I think Zobris will be a fantastic cash game play at second base because for some reason his price is not really going up fast. And I like it as far as as being a player because you can consistently use a guy that consistently puts up points in cash games. So I think Zobris is a, a very fair option for second base cash game play. And do you believe in Stephen Vogt? Because his price tag is still cheap enough where you can definitely play him in this matchup and use him cash game yeah. for the tournament. I think two years ago I used Stephen Vogt every time he would be in the lineup because he was the minimum salary uh, there. Uh, <laughs> for you guys, I want to give equal love to the people that uh, – uh, Archie Bradley people. Madison Baumgartner just left a hanging curveball over the home plate for Mark Trumbo, and I think that immigration's checking the ball right now. Well, that's awesome. I have I have a drafting team that was at 73 points, and they had um, six Arizona guys. 
Oh, there you go. So Trumbo is solo shot there. Uh, we're doing this podcast recording Thursday night. It's one-to-one in this contest. So if someone gets maimed or injured and we tell you to play them, uh, check your uh, Roto World out. and Check uh, com or get the premium buys from Drew and Drink, Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, and make sure nobody got uh, decapitated in this contest. Uh, that's the one remaining game on the evening. You're looking <laughs> at last night, you know, it would be great when you, when you tell someone to go play something one and they realized they were uh, decapitated. Now, we talked about all the great pitching. Another guy that I can't understand how still in Major League Baseball, we have another nine total, the L.A. Angels and the Houston Astros. Jared Weaver versus Roberto Hernandez. I have no idea how Roberto Hernandez, with two different names in his life, is still in Major League Baseball. I think he can play everybody from this game. It, like it, it, it's in a tournament, you can play everybody one to seven on both lineups and play everybody. What about I, guys? I, yeah, what, what do you do with these Houston players? Now, to me, they're guys you have to go after because Chris Cotter, I seen him at twenty seven hundred on Fanduel the other night. Uh, a guy like George Springer has been absolutely his, his salary drop. Like you, get, a lot of guys in yearly leagues are calling me up on the phone and say, "Hey." I'm going to sit this guy on the bench. Well, if you're playing Daily Fantasy, their prices drop. Now's the time you put them in the lineup. Yep, exactly. 100% agree with you. This is the time to target these Astros bats. Weaver, he has really started the season off with a noodle arm. Really, he's not throwing the ball hard. He's really struggling just in general. And um, these Astros guys, like a guy like Springer, a guy like Chris Carter, this could be the exact matchup that these guys need to get things going. So I'm going to be targeting this game really heavy tomorrow. I like a lot of these Astros bats. And then I don't, I agree with you. Roberto Hernandez, why are you still pitching in the big leagues? You know, is, is it really the best option you guys can have where you cannot have a young guy, you know, give a young guy a chance than this guy. But yeah, I like, Everybody for the Angels, I think one guy that I'm going to be focusing on a lot tomorrow, cheap across the industry to get Kershaw in, to get Scherzer in, is Matt Joyce. His price is down across the industry, so I do like his price, and he should be batting fourth for the Angels tomorrow. Be interesting to see how that one plays out. Texas, Seattle, Giovanni Galato and J.A. Happ. Uh, Happ is a guy, when you look at this lineup, I gotta say it. I I can't play him because I think his price tomorrow is going to be eight million four hundred twenty-two dollars across the site based on his last week. But Nelson Cruz have another home run in him. He likes left-handed pitching. Uh, he doesn't get to hit against Jay Happ, but maybe he can pretend that Jay Happ's out there. How do you go with a guy like Nelson Cruz when he's homered like six consecutive days? Do you just automatically wait till his price drops, like for two weeks? All right, I've called his home run the last three days. The last three times he's hit a home run, <laughs> I wrote it up and I called that he was going to go yard. I am going to go the opposite of this tonight. I am going to say I will not be on Nelson Cruz tomorrow. Not going to say I'm going to fade him 100% because he is one of the hottest hitters in baseball and Gallardo does struggle with right-handed hitters from time to time. I just think he could be the highest-owned guy in the field tomorrow. And this isn't a great matchup. It's not a horrible matchup as well. But it's a matchup that I'm not going to be playing him across the industry like I have for the last three times he's played. Seattle, tough ballpark uh, routinely year to year uh, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, Some of the guys, though, you would look to go at, uh, Adrian Beltre is a guy that comes into play usually when you see a left-handed pitcher on the mound. 
Yeah, and he started the season off kind of shaky as well, so his price has not risen as much. But looking at his last, you know, two games, he's gone over again. But he'll get going, and this is a good matchup for him to get going. Half a guy that doesn't particularly fare well against righties. And if you have anybody that is interesting, you have to see the lineup for Texas. But if you have a decent lefty bat in the – the Rangers lineup. Half has really struggled getting lefties out over his career, too. So I think going contrarian with a left-handed bat for Texas tomorrow would be interesting for GPPs. It'd definitely be interesting. And the last game of the night uh, is uh, Atlanta-Toronto. Julio Turan, Drew Hutchinson. Now, again, we talked about all these great pitches. Now, Turan's a good – he's definitely a good pitcher. But he doesn't have the strikeout totals as the guys that we had mentioned earlier. And Hutchins is a guy that pitches better on the road. Uh, how do you look at this game? I think from an offensive standpoint, there's not a lot to love here. And because we have so many great pitchers, even Hutchinson, who's pitched really well and a lot of people have great expectations for against an Atlanta team, not great. He's a great number two pitcher, maybe on two pitcher sites. Uh, Turan, probably too overpriced if you can't fit uh, some of those big guys in there. I, I, I don't know. I, is, I, I can't believe I can't use Julio Turan or Drew Hodgson, but it doesn't look like that opportunity will present itself tomorrow. Yeah, just so many good pitchers tomorrow where we're looking at a slate that has Kershaw against the left-handed lineup team, Scherzer against a strikeout Philly team, Kluber against Minnesota at Minnesota. It's real tough to go down to pay for these guys that have iffy matchups. I think you know, if we didn't have those other three guys on, we would be talking more about Turan in this matchup against the Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays got crushed by Archer tonight, so I think they're going to come out really swinging tomorrow. It's tough. Um, one one guy that I'm absolutely in love with tomorrow that I'm going to have a lot of exposure to, he's probably going to end up being my cash game play at first base tomorrow, is Freddie Freeman. Coming into the season, all we heard was he's going to have no protection. There's no way we can draft him hey, this is daily fantasy. We don't have to worry about that as much as season-long guys do. Drew Hutchinson has a pretty good home run to fly ball rate. Freeman gets a nice ballpark bump in Toronto tonight. I think this guy is going to be my guy at first base across the industry tomorrow. It's great. You know, I just saw some – Steve, I know you have a background – uh, in playing baseball. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about strategy here. Uh, I just saw something that was crazy. So Nick Ahmed is the eighth hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks and is a man on first, two outs, and the pitcher's up next. Nick Ahmed leaves down a perfect bunt. And you know what? Congratulations, Nick Ahmed. Now you get Archie Bradley up with no chance knocking any of these guys. Was that the perfect play? As uh, Ashi Bradley now with first and second, uh, looks like he'll get to strike out against Madison Baumgartner. Pat and Pat. Pat and Pat. <laughs> Nick Ahmed, 0.2% on the draft tonight. <laughs> Give me those three points. So, um, I, as a baseball player, it's like, what are you thinking, man? you got to go up there and you got to swing the bat in an eight-hole with the pitcher behind you, with, especially with two outs. Now, if there was yeah. no outs or one out, maybe. Right. But uh, what are you thinking? Come on, man. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I think Nick Ahmed's playing over at DraftKings, so uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Steve, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Tell us what you got, what you do over at RotoGrinders.com and how people can follow you. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at StevieTPFL. I write some incentives picks for Fanduel. I mean, for um, 
fantasy aces for rotor grinders for their basketball and baseball um, don't do too much right now. So it's just one of those things I'm kind of doing a lot of incentives paid for stuff. So I write some blogs every once in a while when I get the need or edge to, but I'll, you know, I'll do some grinders live shows, but besides that, it's just, you know, enjoying baseball and enjoying, you know, doing what we do. So Stevie will uh, be available to come out to parties when you want to talk daily fantasy sports. Uh, he'll he'll come show up at your party and talk to your guests about daily fantasy sports. Pretty much, yeah, no problem. Now, Stevie, it was interesting. You had uh, a friend out at the uh, Fantasy Aces uh, basketball championship who won twelve grand, right? He won twelve grand. I had a guy last night on the show uh, that won a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, at the FanDuel Championship, and he got his car fixed because he was walking to work. You had a guy that probably went the opposite way. Your buddy won twelve <laughs> grand in a tournament, and what did he do? He ended up getting engaged and getting married and spending more money. Uh, what about your buddy there? Is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. He won seventeen thousand and spent twelve thousand on the ring. <laughs> um, we call we we have a nickname for him now. He's called Lord of the Rings. He's actually my partner in crime. He does a lot of the research with me. We do a lot of building teams together. We've been working together for three or four years now. But yeah, hit seventeen thousand and spent twelve thousand on the ring. So. That's nice, actually. When you think about it, Lord of the Rings is actually a great play. I, I like that. Now it's interesting. Uh, did she like the ring? Oh yeah, she got to pick it out. She gave. Oh. He pretty much didn't have a choice. She pretty much is like, "Hey, this is what I'm getting, and you're paying for it." <laughs> All right, so let me ask you a question: for the guys out there that may be married or maybe single, and, and they're in daily fantasy and they're whole new to the money, when you're in that situation. Like it's a good thing when you win because it buys you a time away to continue that from your spouse. I think it's a great thing. But I think what sometimes gets lost is you have to lose a zero when you win something. Like I think he should have went with I uh, won seventeen hundred. <laughs> yeah, you know how that goes though. That's never gonna fly. Uh, you know, <laughs> and being being excited with that person about winning that kind of money is you know a lot of fun as well. So. She, I was actually talking to him on the night that you know he had his big night, and she was actually sweating the games with him. So there was oh. there was no getting away from it for him that night. So it was you know basketball one o'clock on the West Coast, and he needed Stephon Curry in the late game. So yeah, it was tough. You know, there's no getting around that when you have her sweating the games with him. Great stuff, Steve. I want to thank you for joining us. Great stuff, and we'd love to have you again. You knocked it out of the park, my man. Thank you for joining us. Anytime, man. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you soon. There he is, Stevie. Absolutely getting it done. Make sure you check out his work and catch him out on Twitter. Always very active. Guys, we'll be back on Monday. Stay tuned because you'll be able to hear this on replay again. You know what? If you miss something or your number two pencil broke, uh, you can just hear the show again. Uh, I always get a pencil with no erases because I don't like to admit mistakes. If you have an eraser there, you're not a very confident guy. Throw away that eraser. Pretend it's golf. Tony's a god at Dilly Roto. We're out of here.